I'm Toby Leary from Cape Gunworks. I'm passionate about all things Second Amendment. While I love to shoot... Going hot. There is so much more to guns than just pulling the trigger. A free and armed society is a responsible and self-reliant one. Join us to talk all things guns, freedom, and self-defense. It isn't just about being armed. It's about being responsibly armed. So load and make ready. This is Rapid Fire. Welcome to Rapid Fire, your weekly show, all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense, sponsored by Vortex Optics. And make sure you tune in to at capegunworks.com slash rapidfire every week so that you can be notified when we go live and record this show. If you want to be a part of the show, you can call us at 508-444-2120 when we are live. You can also leave a message on our recorded voicemail service and you can text in to 508-444-2120 don't forget to like us and subscribe on all social media platforms our handle is at cape gunworks on all the usual suspects plus some of the newer ones except for instagram which we are still in zuckerberg purgatory and we are now cgw underscore backup that is our instagram handle Maybe someday our original page will be restored, but I don't know. I don't feel like paying the ransomware or the ransom out there from the people who say they can get it done. Uh, So until then, it's CGW underscore backup. Please spread the word, like, subscribe, share, comment, and that'll help us grow and defeat the evil algorithms of big tech who want to keep us down and want to take away your rights and want to silence and muzzle the bullhorn from the 2A community. We've been at it for a while now. In the last eight years, we amassed a bunch of followers and a whole bunch of good content. And it's so uh, infuriating that that can just go away with the click of a button because somebody doesn't like what we have to say. That isn't the way this country was founded. And hopefully they will be held accountable someday. And somebody has actually filed a lawsuit against big tech saying that they need to be treated like a utility. So if the gas company or the electric company doesn't like what you have to say, they can't just shut your lights off and close up the gas line at the street. Maybe we shouldn't give them any ideas. Uh, But (laughs) I digress. I agree that I think that these massive monopolies like Facebook and Instagram and Uh, YouTube, Twitter should be treated as such because they are providing almost a utilitary type of service to you. And especially, you know, you look at the Comcast or whatever that provides the internet, but also these are the social media platforms that reach ginormous um, monopoly situations or status. And they should definitely be treated like utility. shouldn't be able to just silence you for speaking your fundamental uh, right here in America. Or if that's the case, then they should be uh, treated like a media company and uh, or not treated like the media company, I should say, and be able to be sued for um, 
or shouldn't get any federal protection, whatever that is, Section 230, I think it is, that they get federal protection and can still do what they want, even though they act not like a open and unbiased media source. They're they're although even <laughs> mainstream media doesn't do that anymore. But I digress. Anyway, let's get back to talking guns. There's going to be all kinds of gun talk today. It's unbelievable, really. Um, the Biden administration, who is, you know, never been a friend to the Second Amendment, except in the case of his son, who, by the way, some pictures just came out from the laptop from hell and uh, show Hunter with a prostitute while naked, waving a gun around. And this is in addition to, and this is in addition, excuse me, this is in addition to um, the gun that we know that he bought illegally and lied on his 4473 that his uh, brother's ex-wife threw in a trash can behind a grocery store. And this this one is a semi-automatic. That one was a revolver. And so I just want to know if he will ever face the music for these. I don't know what the statute of limitations is, but it it was just 2018. And if he's obviously a felon in possession of a gun, I don't know if he's ever been convicted of a felony, but he certainly perjured himself when he lied on the 4473. So what's going to be done with that? I guess nothing. So far, nothing has. Maybe there's investigations, and I would like to see something done. But if we fail to do what is within the law for somebody who is of the status of a president's son, you're laying out the facts that we live with a two-tier justice system, which I've maintained for a long time. In Massachusetts, it's not even it's not even attempted to be hidden that we live in a two-tier justice system. Just look at our Assault weapons ban. If you're a law, sworn law enforcement officer with powers of arrest, the assault weapons ban doesn't apply to you. And in fact, it gets even better because if you read the enforcement notice, it says uh, it says that in the frequently asked questions uh, page, I'm going to look it up for you. Uh, let me see here. I'm typing as I talk and that doesn't work. <laughs> Um, But there's a frequently asked questions page. And so as you read down, it says, um, I am a law enforcement officer. Does this notice affect me? And the answer by the attorney general's office is no. The notice does not change the law with respect to ownership of assault weapons by law enforcement officers. But get the next sentence. Hopefully you're sitting down. Your existing right to buy and possess assault weapons remains protected under Massachusetts law. What is that inferring? That means for the rest of us peasants, for the rest of the great unwashed masses who haven't been sworn in as a law enforcement officer, your existing right to buy and possess assault weapons has been taken away by my edict. That, my friends, is something that should never be allowed to happen. And the worst part of it is the legislature went along with it. 
the governor went along with it, and the judiciary went along with it. So our executive branch, the chief law enforcement officer in the country, and the state, has single-handedly removed your existing right to buy and possess, quote-unquote, assault weapons under Massachusetts law and made it illegal for you to. And also called you a felony, a felon for doing it if you had purchased one prior to this edict. But because you did it unknowingly, they're giving you the hall pass. But they reserve the right to come back and re relook at that. It's absolutely unbelievable. So anyway, we do live in a two-tier justice system, especially in Massachusetts. Other states are the same. Um, until people like Hunter Biden are brought to justice for violating their uh, the law and perjuring themselves on a federal 4473, which has very stiff penalties attached to it, no pun intended, um, then we live in a two-tier justice system. How am I wrong? Prove me wrong. All right. If you want to be a part of the show, don't forget you can call 508-444-2120. Text, call, or leave a message. We want to thank you for listening to Rapid Fire. So if you use this week's code ARMOR, A-R-M-O-R, at capegunworks.com, you will get a special discount on your online order just for our radio and podcast listeners. So go to capegunworks.com and use the code ARMOR to get your special discount today. And shh, don't tell anyone. It's just for you. We'll be right back. This is Rapid Fire. If you crave versatility in a tactical reticle, the new ARBDC-3 delivers with a host of features you need to adapt in the field. A 1MOA center dot provides a precise point of aim, while the surrounding 16MOA open circle helps get your eye into the center faster for rapid target acquisition in close quarters. The ARBDC-3 also adapts to a variety of light conditions. The center dot and surrounding open circle illuminate for low-light shooting, and because the reticle is glass-etched, it can also function without any illumination. When you need to go long, the upper ranging feature allows you to range silhouette targets out to 600 yards, while the bullet drop compensator, or BDC, keeps you on target out to 650 yards. Plus, you get wind holds for 5, 10, and 15 mile per hour winds. The ARBDC-3 is specifically tuned to the ballistic performance of most common 5.56 loads out of an AR-15. There are resources in the reticle manual for conversions to 308, and as with any BDC, information gathered from a chronograph and ballistics calculator can adapt these hash marks to any other caliber and its own unique ballistic curve. From point blank to way down range, adapt with the ARBDC-3. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show, all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And before the break, we were talking about uh, the Hunter Biden photo of the naked gun. Let's call it that. And uh, there's a good article on Ammo Land about it, if you want to check it out, uh, by, let's see, David Cordera. And uh, it's called Packing Heat, 
uh, nude Hunter Biden cavorts with Hooker and a possibly illegal gun in the latest mess for the president. The New York Post reported Monday and originally reported by Radar Online. The cavalier clip of Hunter Biden holding the apparently illegally obtained weapon emerged amid the rash of mass shootings and came just days after his dad called on Congress to pass new gun control measures to stem the slaughter. Hunter Biden recorded the video on October 17, 2018, according to Radar Online, which first revealed its existence, the report continues. The timeline is important as the report makes other assumptions that appear unfounded, possibly due to unfamiliarity with firearms by mainstream journalists. Five days earlier, he bought a 38 caliber handgun in Delaware, Politico reported last year. The report says, according to that report, the gun Halle Berry threw into a supermarket trash receptacle. Excuse me, Halle Berry. That was a Freudian slip. <laughs> Halle Biden <laughs> threw into a supermarket. Sorry, Halle Berry. If you call me, uh, you know, I, I didn't mean that. That wasn't you. Um, so the gun that was thrown into the trash receptacle on October 23rd was a 38 revolver. So Hunter Biden points an illegally obtained 38 caliber gun as he's caught fooling around with a prostitute. A photo caption in the Post story claims, except that's not a revolver. They're just assuming this is the gun that was thrown into the trash can on this Post story. But anyway, according to Firearms Knowledgeable, people have asked, <laughs> this is pretty funny, it appears to be a Beretta PX Storm or possibly a Stoger 8000 Compact, the L model. As an aside, if it's a 9mm model, uh, that's what Biden's father wants to ban because it ostensibly blows the lung out of your body and accommodates more than 10 rounds. Also of interest since the new laws, his father and the Democrats' demand are presented as common-sense gun safety. In the photo is the photo of Biden's finger on the trigger, a blatant violation of one of the most basic rules of gun safety. And he does point the gun at the camera. Some people have speculated that he actually points it at the prostitute. I have not seen pictures of that. But it's definitely an indicator that there's now a second gun in play that he has lied to the um, fed on a federal form, apparently, which is a fine that is punishable by 10 years in prison and a $250,000 fine. So he might have to give up like one month's salary from the Burisma Holding Company if he actually is found to be fined. But anyway, his girlfriend dumped the gun in the trash next to a school. What happened to the gun-free zone within a 1,000 feet of a school? He wasn't even arrested. Why don't they enforce the existing laws before demanding new ones, says Arthur Schwartz, a Twitter follower. So check it out online. Uh, let's see here. Um, all right. This is Rapid Fire, a two-way talk show. Excuse me. Uh, so call in 508-444-2120 anytime. And we have an email. Is that what you're trying to get my attention about? We have a caller. All right. So we got Emmett from Chatham on the phone. So go ahead, Emmett. How are you today? Chatham, West Chatham, Massachusetts. And I'm studying to be a physician and be a surgeon. And I'm really alarmed about the, the nonsense going on about gun control and taking away people's rights to lawfully use guns carefully and stuff like that. But I'm also concerned about, you know, like people that do get injured, you know, there should be a remedy available for people that get injured by accidents 
or, you know, criminals should be held responsible and they should pay for their damages. But, and one other thing, it's not about the mental health card. That's a cop out. I don't think any judge should accept a not guilty by reason of insanity plea for anybody that takes a gun and hurts somebody wrongly. Hmm. So that is, that's, that's why they're, they're shifting in that direction to avoid the issues, I think. Well, you bring up a great point, and I think that everybody who commits a felony, whether with a gun or with a baseball bat or with a car, um, shouldn't just be incarcerated for those crimes, but they should definitely have their assets attributed to the repayment of said offenses. So if somebody does cause loss of life or um, loss of, you know, use of their property or whatever property stolen or damaged or vandalized, then, you know, I don't know why, why that person, I guess it's, it's a civil suit. So you'd have to sue them civilly in order to get that done. But sometimes they have this, this victim's witness assistance fund that they will levy a fine against you in the criminal side of things. But, um, it makes sense to me that you have to restore what it is you've stolen or you got to restore whatever it is that you have, the damage that you have caused. It's actually a very biblical, uh, foundational crime, uh, way of paying restitution. That's where the whole concept of an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth comes from. It's not that we want to repay, you know, like, equal for equal in other words we don't want it's also a good formula for no excessive punitive uh damages beyond what is reasonable or to be expected there there is a punitive side to the to that formula where you know you have to restore twofold or threefold if you steal someone's sheep you you got to bring them back three that kind of makes sense to dissuade people from doing it but when it comes to the loss of life i i do believe in eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth through the proper channels and through a, a just justice system and under the what i consider the biblical foundation for that which is with a witness of two or three people eyewitness and then you also have the corroborating evidence of, say, you know, DNA or um, whatever else, you know, the, the weapon and the, the whereabouts, the alibi doesn't match up with the sighting of the people. And, the, you know, so with the with two or three eyewitnesses, if somebody commits murder, I believe they should be uh, if they're convicted, they should be given the death penalty and then give them their one appeal speedily, you know, within a year. And I also do believe that if they are found convicted upon appeal and, you know, it doesn't overturn, then they should be let out of the courtroom and into the public square and hung. That's that's just what I believe. And if you do that, I think that violent murder will go down. I don't I don't see, you know, maybe crimes of passion will continue, but premeditated murder, I believe, would go down if if you're going to be hanging from a tree within a year and a half of being convicted then anyway i don't know where i got off down the rabbit hole on that but 
That's just what we need to do. And I've said it time and time again. There's other people starting to say it now, which is 95% of all violent crime is a repeat offender. Lock them up. Don't let them out early. Don't give them soft sentencing. Don't give them low bail, no bail, pending their trial or their hearing. If they're committing violent crime, lock them up. I'd rather see you let go, let let the low-level drug users out of jail, if you will, to make space for the hardened, violent criminals. If that's what it comes down to, if it's a space issue, like let's start fining people like, uh, you know, the blue-collar or white-collar criminals or whatever. Put a bracelet on them, you know, sanction them, whatever you got to do. Make some, free up some space in, in those prisons and put the bad guys away for a long time. Oh, and my. If we do that, that would be advantageous because it'll make it so that people don't want to take my fundamental civil rights away because of an object that I choose to use as a freedom hobby and to keep and bear arms to protect my family as well. And so there you have it. But I digress. Let's get to a couple of your questions. I started the pre-roll to the show off is that there's a lot of people coming out of the woodwork, which I'll call the pea, peanut gallery, or uh, that's saying it nicely. And it's all the butts, right? The big butts. The butts are coming out of the woodwork. And basically, they start off the conversation like, I believe in the Second Amendment, but... Or why does anybody need a high-capacity magazine? Why does anybody need an AR-14? I believe in your right to keep and bear arms, but... So, and as Keith points out, but negates everything said before it, which is true. You really don't believe that because you believe what you just said, not what you say you believe. All right, remember to use this week's discount code, ARMOR at capegunworks.com to get a special discount on your entire web order. That's code ARMOR, A-R-M-O-R. So go to capegunworks.com right now and get your special discount using code ARMOR. We have Jeff Deal on the line next. This is the Voltec VT-10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect, no matter what you trust it with. We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, key entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong, and Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months, so it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltecSafe. 
If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show, all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And I'm really happy to have in studio with us right now, Jeff Deal, who is Republican candidate for governor here in Massachusetts. Thanks for joining us, Jeff. How are you? Hey, great, Toby. Thanks for having me here. And I love coming down to Cape Gunworks every chance I can. I brought my wife here about a year ago for date night, and nice. she had a blast, pardon the pun. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think we're going to bring the kids down the next time. That'll be great. We'd love to have you. And it's always great to have you and host you here. The last time we had an event, I think there was over 200 people that came out and saw you. It was a great it was it was. standing room. Well, only. you've got that room. Not everybody realizes that you have a, a whole training room right. that can be used sort of for functions or for speakers to come. And so, you know, allowing me to come in and, and just kind of talk to folks who want to protect their Second Amendment. It's fantastic. So yeah. you're not just a store, you're an advocacy place, but you're a place where people who don't even own guns can come in and actually try them out like the date night and things. So, right. you know, it's people forget that uh, your Second Amendment is beyond just the right to, to have it. You have to have uh, owners like you who actually care about informing the customers or just the public about what's going on. So coming on this show, I really appreciate yeah. that. No, absolutely. And the unfortunate thing for me as a gun owner and a gun you know, retailer is the politics around it. It's an enumerated right. It shouldn't be political. You're but, like in the middle of a wedge issue that will <laughs> never go away. It's but you know what? crazy. It is the one issue that I feel can really centralize people no matter where they are in the political spectrum. You're always going to have the people who just unilaterally dismiss it as a basic human right. But in the last two years, I was able to see a lot of people who never wanted a gun, never even really thought about it that much, come in and say, I want a gun for personal protection. And I believe that the Second Amendment is for everybody. I don't care where you are on the political spectrum of things. And that is one thing I think that really plays in your favor in this campaign is the fact that the presumptive nominee on the other side has a long track history of anti-gun rhetoric and action. And what would you do as governor to counteract that? Well, before we talk about Maura Healy and everything she's done to really infringe on your Second Amendment rights, let's talk again about this is shouldn't be a Republican or Democrat issue right. or political issue. In fact, I think in this state, truthfully, more Democrats uh, or just as many Democrats as Republicans, I think, are gun owners. Absolutely. And uh, you, that's across the entire state. OK, mm -hmm. so that's one thing. Um, secondly, you know, it's your constitutional right. People forget that it is your right to uh, bear arms. And also, in my opinion, in Massachusetts, I think there's some things like the suitability clause that I question the fact that your local law enforcement police chief and I get along with my police chief. Great. But theoretically, a police chief, if they don't believe in the Second Amendment for the citizens, can deny you the right for your LTC. And I just think that's wrong. It's got to be. So I'm, I'm actually leaning in favor of constitutional carry oh, that would, be uh, would, would be incredible, I think, uh, for Massachusetts. But I think it's appropriate. And, and the other thing, too, is, as you mentioned, politics, what obviously happened recently with uh, um, 
the, the school shooting that, uh, you know, could have, in, in my opinion, first of all, uh, police response could have been better. Um, but what happened and what's happened in the past, Massachusetts is, is thankfully one of those states where we really don't have a Sandy Hook or we don't have a Columbine situation. In fact, since Columbine, we've only had two incidents in our state, two people who've lost their lives with school-related shootings. And I think one of the reasons in Massachusetts we do well with that is that we have school resource officers in our schools. Now, some towns like Northampton and uh, other places in the state are thinking about removing SROs Mm -hmm. from their schools. I think that's a huge mistake. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think what we do is we also have the ability to background check, which makes sure that you know people i think everybody who's a lawful gun owner wants to make sure that nobody is a bad actor when they have the guns and usually it is someone who is not licensed or someone who uh, has a criminal background that ends up being the one committing those those uh uh breaking the law to begin with when it comes to guns and violence so we we just want to make sure that um you know, in Massachusetts, we seem to be doing it right. And other states, I think if they follow our lead with, uh, you know, how we handle that, but also it's a mental health issue that, that I think people have to recognize. And that is that uh, an emergency room where you're sedated for like a, a half an hour or an hour or a jail cell for the night, that's not a solution for someone in a mental health crisis. We have no mental health minute clinics where people can go. Um, and so I think that's something that, you know, the state needs to look at more as a governor. I'd like to make sure that we have resources to know when somebody's, you know, on the verge of a breakdown like this and we prevent these things before they ever happen. Yeah. So th- those are related to that. As well, far as it goes if to... I may, just interject. Yeah. There's one other area that I think Massachusetts actually gets right on that subject. Subject. We've hosted the uh, MIFA group, uh, the Massachusetts Facilities Administration uh, organization there twice. We've hosted their annual conference here and done demonstrations for them and talked about ballistic glass and talked about ballistic doors. So they are looking. I know you have a at, display right out there on the, the, yeah, the floor about the glass. Exactly. And, and they um, came in and did a big comprehensive demonstration on, you know, active shooter in school. So they're actually looking at hardening the target, which is you know, it's not just some unilateral approach of saying, oh, we just got to ban guns. No, they understand that this is a multi-layered thing with, like you said, mental health, with uh, hardening the target and school resource officers. So there's a whole bunch of different directions we can go to keep our students safe. Somebody came up to me today and said, why not have the police department put, a, you know, a remote office you know, in the schools? I said, you know, in some states, you know, they they do try to position municipal buildings, uh, police, fire, schools in sort of the same, you know, close proximity just for that reason. Massachusetts, unfortunately, our state's so old that we've inherited a situation where schools may be all the way across town from where police and fire are. But it does make sense to make sure that those targets are as hardened as possible. And I know that in Massachusetts, in my the high school and uh, schools where my kids go to school, you have to, it's a single point of entry. You have to have your Corey check before you go in there. Uh, so there's a lot of safeguards that they go through before you even get into enter that school. Mm-hmm. And uh, those are important a- aspects. But back to your original question and, and more Healy, I mean, she, I think, is the single most reason why Smith & Wesson is leaving Massachusetts. Yeah. She has a belief that the, the AR-15 is a look-alike copycat to a military assault-style rifle. And I don't think she understands that AR stands for Armalite, not assault. Right. And so what Smith & Wesson has said on the record is that 60% of their revenue is the AR uh, rifle. They are not going to stay in a state where that could potentially become illegal to manufacture. So they are moving to a uh, Tennessee uh, taking their headquarters and 750 jobs with them. So we're losing revenue as a, as a, as a state. We're losing, uh, you know, jobs for, um, you know, 
a, a lot of families in Springfield, a, a region that cannot afford to lose those that type of uh, the job, and 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 basically a historical manufacturer in our state, which could set precedent for like Savage Arms, which is also out in that area. Uh, you know, we don't want to have manufacturers leave our state, let alone the ones who've been here for so long and, and helped build our state to what it is. Well, unfortunately, another domino has already fallen. Troy Industries, which is a big manufacturer out in Western Mass, is also leaving, going to Tennessee. Uh, same place that Smith and Wesson went, right. and because of the hostility toward them as a manufacturer, and uh, like you just pointed out, I think the statistics—I mean, the actual numbers are worse because they employ 2,500 people. They're leaving 750 here to manufacture revolvers, but the other whatever 1,800 people are going down to Tennessee. Yeah. So that is a huge loss for an area that can't afford that type of loss from a major industrial, you know, great blue-collar job that. You know, it's going to be a sad blotch on our history. And I just, uh, I was just in Springfield two weekends ago for the convention, the state Republican Party mm-hmm. convention. I won the convention overwhelmingly with 71% of the vote. So did my running mate. She got 70%. Leah Allen, she's a strong Second Amendment supporter. She's a nurse who was fired during, you know, because during the pandemic she was pregnant and she was nursing and she didn't think the vaccine was good for her baby. So she uh, was fired because she didn't get the vaccine as a nurse. You're, you know, your civil rights are being lifted lifted in this state everywhere you look, whether it's your Second Amendment or your personal right to uh, your own health care choices. I, I think these are wrong. So this the stakes are extremely high for this governor's race. And Maura Healy uh, clearly is no friend to anybody who is a believer in your right to uh, the Second Amendment. You know, the last governor who ran or potential governor who ran on a anti-gun position, anti-Second Amendment position was Scott Harshbarger. And he was soundly defeated. So mm-hmm. I think that is a very good sign for us here. As long as we pe- keep people on, like I said, I'm not, I'm not just a single-issue voter, but I do believe that the Second Amendment is one of those rallying positions because guns are clearly for everybody. And I believe no matter who you identify with politically, that you boil it all down to the most basic fundamental rights. The right to keep and bear arms is certainly... Uh, in the top five and maybe people uh who don't really believe that you know maybe they're further down on their list as soon as you start defunding police departments letting violent criminals out of jail early you have low bail no bail well, uh, district attorneys i'm so and- glad you say that toby that, that's exactly why you're starting to see a, a rise again in purchasing of not only guns but ammunition and that is because people are starting to feel that if you defund the police, who's your last resort? You've got to protect your yourself. You've got to protect your homes. You know, some of the violent uh, murders that happened in 2020 during the riots, people trying to protect their property, their businesses, they boarded them up. The riots, rioters were going through and burning down buildings indiscriminately. Uh, people were being killed outside of stores just trying to protect their own property. And I think that uh, was something that was very questionable uh, when Maura Healy said, as our attorney general, she defended that whole riot situation when she was at a Boston Chamber of Commerce breakfast. She actually said when asked about the riots, she said, yes, America's burning, but that's how forests grow. She was basically condoning the looting, the murder, the, the rioting, the burning. And that's not a position that your top law enforcement official in Massachusetts or in any state in the country should be taking. On Tremont Street in Boston, we had police officers fired at. Willie Gross, the former commissioner of Boston police, said, you know, there was officers that were shot, there was, uh, you know, cruisers burned, and that we never should have been in that situation to begin with. Mm -hmm. So again, when you have politicians undermining law enforcement and then condoning it, 
that's the wrong way to go. I feel like 2022 is going to be a real wave year of people getting back to we the people trying to control the government that's been overreaching for so long during the pandemic and then through a lot of laws that really kind of creepingly take away our rights. Not to mention even during the pandemic that, you know, the position that she took with uh, against the Second Amendment again, saying that there's... Uh, the Second Amendment or gun stores are not considered an essential business, but liquor stores, marijuana dispensaries, and abortion clinics are. But yet gun stores, which are an enumerated right in our Constitution, have no right to be open during the pandemic. And originally they were going to follow the federal guidelines, which made gun stores a, a an essential business. Right. To, I mean, just think about it on the most basic of human rights, being able to procure a, a firearm to protect yourself and the and the ammunition to you know to well, protect I mean, yourself. Well, I mean, let's look at the Ukraine. I mean, nobody I, I just shook my head a couple of months ago thinking we're we're in this modern day and we've got you know a country invading another country and and people families being killed on the streets indiscriminately again. You you have to be able to protect yourselves and Ukrainians who didn't have guns, the government handed them out to make sure they could protect themselves during that pandemic. If society had broken down the way it potentially could have, you know, supply chain with food and all that, it was going to be a, it could have been a very dire situation. And the last right of protection is your your home. Right. And uh, again, to take away your ability to protect yourself, that's that's not in the Constitution. It's the other way around. We're supposed to be protected from government overreach by the Constitution. You're right about that. And that's very well said. Uh, you have the last word, Jeff. And why don't you tell people about how they can reach you and help you in your Well, campaign. today you can come to Cape Gunworks and, uh, you know, see me here at the store. <laughs> but no, I, I, when, whenever you want to get in touch with me, uh, go to my website, jeffdeal.com. My mom decided to make life interesting, so she spelled it G-E-O-F-F. So G-E-O-F-F-D-I-E-H-L.com is how you go to the website. And my running mate is Leah Cole Allen, L-E-A-H-C-O-L-E-A-L-L-E-N. If you can go to both our websites, what we've done is we've listed our positions on things like the Second Amendment, but other issues as well that are important, I think, to the, just the average folks in the Commonwealth. That's what we're trying to do is put back control in the hands of the people uh, from an overreaching government. And we both served in the legislature. We both know what we're up against. So we're ready for the fight. And the next six months on the campaign trail is critical. So if you're willing to go to the website and help us out, maybe with a donation or volunteer, those are all things you can do to be part of the solution. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming to Cape Gunworks. We love having you here. Anytime the doors open, you're welcome here. And we appreciate you, Jeff. Thanks, Toby. You're listening to Rapid Fire, so make sure you go check out capegunworks.com for this week's discounts. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true.
Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. And welcome back to Rapid Fire. Talking all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And today, the Second Amendment needs self-defense because it is under assault like never before. What do you guys think? Do you think we're going to be seeing a time right now in this current administration, in this current legislative session, actual gun control legislation signed in? And uh, let's see if it happens or not. I, I hope not, but it, it certainly seems like there's some people who are willing to cross the aisle and vote for gun control. What, el- what else I find interesting about it is the fact that they're not calling it gun control anymore on the media, in the politicians, in the, you know, they're calling it gun safety. So they're trying to say that taking your AR-15s away or taking high-capacity magazines away or taking your ability to sell a gun to a family member or to a friend Gun safety, that's what they're calling it now. They want to say that taking your ability to manufacture your own firearm in the privacy of your own home and have that freedom hobby that's been around for about 250 years, they want to take that away and they call that gun safety. They know gun control has a negative connotation to it. And so now they're trying to change the narrative to gun safety. And then they bring in some big guns, uh, someone who's made a career of using guns, like uh, Matthew McConaughey, um, and he says, we need to ban AR-15s. We need to ban high-capacity magazines. We need more red flag laws. We need to close the gun show loophole, blah, 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 all this stuff. And he put on quite a performance at the White House. But I've found it very interesting that, like, why do we put, any weight behind a celebrity what their opinion is of of our country or the laws or our you know they're just another person like like me right like maybe you like what i have to say because you believe similar you know things and you're kind of in the echo chamber maybe you listen but you don't agree but at the end of the day you either agree or you disagree and choose to listen or not listen. Same thing with a celebrity. Like, who cares what they have to say? They are hired for their performance based on their ability to sing or dance or act. And you get a guy who's made a career out of maybe making violent movies. And, you know, I've seen several movies with, with him where he, he is a violent bad guy. And he has no problem intellectually putting that on for a paycheck. But then at the same time, and now he's made tens of millions or hundreds of millions of dollars in his lifetime. And now he can afford to live in a gated community. He does. He could have armed security. I don't know what his situation is. He could certainly surround himself with a, enough people in executive protection. And he can fund that. No problem. 
And now he wants to take away your ability to defend yourself and your family. Maybe you don't have the same luxury as him. But why I've always found it interesting why we give a you-know-what about what any celebrity has to say, whether it's a singer, an actor, or a you know sports person, or a commentator, or an owner of a sports team. Like, I don't care what you have to say. I like what you do. I like how you sing. I like how you dance. Laura Ingram wrote a book years ago called Shut Up and Sing. Like, because they used to use it as their concert to promote their political message. And that goes both ways. You know, maybe you don't go to the Ted Nugent concert because you don't want to watch him ride around on a buffalo and shoot flaming arrows. But on the other hand, if you like that stuff, maybe you'll be attracted to it. But... I don't think we should shape our policy because of what an actor says. All right, we're headed for a break, but before we go, you should head over to Cape Gunworks and use this week's special code, ARMOR, for a very special discount. We will be right back. This is Rapid Fire. Since 1949, family owned and operated, legendary performance, this is Hornady. Federal delivers a knockout punch with the leading defensive ammo on the market. Federal punch hollow points are accurate and reliable in all defensive situations. When you need reliability designed to provide a balanced mix of effective penetration and expansion, you need punch defensive ammunition from Federal, the leader in nickel-plated brass ammo with a sealed primer to deliver reliable feeding and ignition. Get Federal punch defensive hollow point ammunition here at Cape Gunworks. Snap safe. Featuring a pry-resistant 316-inch solid steel door, 2300-degree Fahrenheit one-hour fire shield protection, and a lifetime warranty. SnapSafe, a modular safe with welded safe security. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. And welcome back to Rapid Fire. Before the show, before the break, we were talking, um, you know, you've heard a lot of me ranting today. So I'm going to actually go to your questions. We're going to answer some of your questions. And uh, No Torque says, can a former mass resident who has a pre-heal AR from July of 2016 private sell me that AR if I am a current mass resident with my LTC? Unfortunately not. That's why we beg everybody who has a gun to leave it in this state before you go move into a free state. Um, leave the pre-ban guns here. Leave the pre-Healy guns here because uh, it's a finite supply and it, all it does is drive the price up. So um, anyway, um, you got you to gotta make sure that they are a uh, mass resident. Uh, let's get, uh, let's see here. 
is Massachusetts in Massachusetts can I have magazines over 10 rounds Ismail wants to know and that's a great question um but it's a little bit complicated so on the surface no if you have a license to carry you can that's unrestricted you can possess high capacity magazines as long as they were manufactured prior to September 13th 1994 so really, that's what it comes down to. Um, although I shouldn't say whether you have an unrestricted license because I don't know if a chief can put restrictions upon the capacity. There used to be two licenses to carry a Class A and a Class B, and one was large capacity and the other one was non-large capacity, and they combine those licenses. So I don't think they differentiate anymore, and I don't know if a chief actually can make that differentiation on it. So as long as you have your LTC you can possess magazines over 10 rounds so long as they were in the state prior to September 13th, 1994. Um, and Yep wants to know if I bought a Sig Cross 6.5 Creedmoor a month or so ago and searched for glass, any recommendations? And he also heard that if we bought the glass at Cape Gunworks, we would install it free. Is that true? Well, that's a good question. Is that true? Um, yes, it's true. We will, if you bring the gun in we'll mount that right up for you no problem if you're buying the scope with us um, what I would look at is the Vortex lineup they're great they're sponsors of this show but I also shoot Vortex Optics and they're excellent um, for the price they're phenomenal if you're going to be shooting under a thousand yards I would say you could look at their uh, Diamondback line or the Viper line if you're going to go and really stretch it out to a thousand. I would probably bump up and spend the extra money and get the um, the Razor HD line. Those are phenomenal. Uh, but we also have other options. So I would just say, come on down, and we'll. I'd love to show you around. We also you can go on the website and check it out at CapeGunworks.com. 508-444-2120 is the live phone number to call into Rapid Fire, and you can also text your questions to 508-444-2120. Leave a message when we're not broadcasting. Uh, include your first name, location, and your question, and we'll make sure you get uh, we get to your question. Uh, let's see. Skunk says, I was given a lifetime ban on Facebook. Oh, for posting three videos that proved that the CIA created uh, Facebook and Google. Interesting. Well, I probably won't expound on that without getting deplatformed on the last two that I'm allowed to be on. But uh, there is some evidence to that, I would say. DARPA was involved, but... That's all I'm going to say about that. Um, let's see here. Uh, G-Webs wants to know how long the current gov has been in office, and it's seven years, I believe. He's rounding out his term. So, um, yeah, it's definitely not. Um, it's time for him to go. He's no friend of the Second Amendment. So let's see. Uh, somebody was saying that the discount code wasn't working. What? But I think we fixed it, so you're good. Uh, this is a good question from the text line. You may or may not be able to answer this, but perhaps point me in the right direction. I was dishonorably discharged from the Air Force in 1986 for drug offenses. A little more complicit than that, but that's the crux. I know I can't get the license to carry with that discharge, but short of having the discharge upgraded, any thoughts on appealing to receive the okay for my LTC, sober for 30 plus years and completely different life from a stupid mistake in my early 20s. And thankfully, Keith was on the text line here and he, he uh, 
not the text line, but the chat line. And he replied and he said that you are a prohibited person under federal law. Appealing the LTC denial is a waste of time and money as is even applying for it. So because you are now a federally prohibited person, um, unless you got that case opened up and like you said, had that upgraded, um, I don't know how you could do that. I wouldn't even know where to look or how to point in the right direction, but you're definitely um, not going to be able to get purchase guns, no matter what state you live in. So anyway, and Mello, you must have been reading our mail. He says, is Cape Gunworks getting more MCXs, and are they with a fixed mag for mass residents, or are they detachable mags? The answer to that question is yes. We have some MCXs inbound. A little birdie told me that they are on the way, so... Stay tuned if you want to special order one, which I highly suggest. They, The last batch lasted about a week and a half. We sold through 25 of them in no time. And no, they are not a fixed mag version. The SIG MCX is not an AR-15. And therefore, we sell them in our shop with only the, the evil features neutered. So in other words, we take off that evil flash hider and we put on a muzzle brake and we pin and weld it and we pin the stock in a fixed position. Um, So once all that's done, it's compliant. It can't be considered an assault weapon under its current definition, thankfully, which is ironic because the attorney general started her whole assault weapons enforcement notice after the Pulse nightclub shooting where the lunatic psychopath who shot up that nightclub was using a SIG MCX, and she said these guns are, you know, like weapons of war or whatever the lingo was at the time. And then she did her whole shenanigans with her edict as she postured for a position on the uh, Clinton, the inevitable Clinton administration that was seemingly coming down the pipeline, but didn't happen. And she kind of shot over the bow and now is running for governor, which would be tragic if she made it. So I hope that everyone will go out and vote. The last person to write to uh, run on an anti-gun platform was soundly defeated, even in this blue state. For some reason, the state does tend to elect Republican governors, which I would really hope that um, would continue, especially with Jeff Deal running against her, that's really the last hope, I the last line of defense to have a pro-gun governor in office. Maury Healy has been no friend and has done more damage to the Second Amendment than any other person in, in this state in recent history. And she is a tyrant, and we cannot allow her to occupy the corner office on Beacon Hill. It's the way I feel about it. So do your part. Spread the word, vote Jeff Deal, and uh, let's preserve our rights because there's nothing stopping this current, you know, session of Congress from really running roughshod over our rights with her in the in the as governor. Thank you for tuning in, and remember, this show ends here, but it goes on for another hour. So if you haven't got your fill of rapid fire, make sure you go to CapeGunWorks.com. And click on the rapid fire icon you can get the second hour there you can call or text the rapid fire line 508-444-2120 you can ask questions and check out some of our online content 
Freedom will always be on the right side of history. I'm Toby Leary, and we will be back after this. God bless. We'll see you. tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. Alexander Hamilton said, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. This is Toby from Cape Gunworks. When our founding fathers drafted the Second Amendment, there was no question of its meaning. Today, if you have questions, come to Cape Gunworks for some advice, training, or to send a few rounds downrange. We have a fully stocked pro shop with a huge selection of guns, crossbows, archery, classes, rentals, a 15-lane range, and a friendly staff. Come on down to Cape Gunworks Airport Road, Hyannis, or capegunworks.com. This is the Voltec VT-10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect, no matter what you trust it with. We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, key entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong, and Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months, so it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltecSafe. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your 2A Talk radio show sponsored by Vortex Optics. Tune in each week at capegunworks.com and click on the Rapid Fire icon to join the conversation 
You will. You can also call or text the Rapid Fire line, 508-444-2120. If we're live, we'll pick up the phone and you'll be on the air with me. Ask your question. If we're not live, we'll play your recorded voicemail message or at least answer your question. Uh, and if we don't get to you this week, we'll get to you next week. That's the way we work around here. Uh, remember to like us and subscribe on all of our social media platforms. Our handle is at capegunworks.com. Everywhere except for the Zuckerberg purgatory that we are in on Instagram, which is CGW underscore backup. Wow. That's called rapid fire. So you can also like us and subscribe and please comment, share and uh, like our posts that helps, you know, get our, get the word out. So anyway, we're going to take a lot of your questions in the second hour. If you're hearing this on the radio, um, we appreciate you tuning in and we will deal with some of the local stuff as well as some of the national gun control stuff coming up. Um, we also have a special guest this hour, so we will get to that. Um, but let's jump right back into your questions. I was answering some before the hard break, and uh, let's let's check it out. So GWeb says, Amy Swearer is doing an amazing job of explaining a modern perspective of their old, tired accusations and claims. Yeah, I saw a little blip about this that they were accusing her of not caring about mass shooting victims. And so um, they have, you know, hopefully I haven't watched any of the video on this, but I, I will watch it. And she's from the heritage foundation. And it's funny, the little icon that you see when you Google this it shows her with some like grotesque expression on her face. It's, it's really unbelievable. Uh, that's Yahoo news for you though. Um, that's the icon that they put. So go figure. Um, Hollywood hypocrites who make millions depicting the criminal misuse of firearms have no place in the conversation. I would agree with that. Um, Mike, that's, I couldn't agree with you more. And JF says that's all it was a Hollywood performance. I would agree with that too. Like we pay these people to, you know, be able to turn on the tears and emotion and the charm and the, you know, whatever it, whatever else it is when they're on the big screen. And then we, bring them into the White House press room and think they're going to talk with integrity and, you know, whatever. It's just ridiculous. Uh, they need a celebrity to offer the message because it's not reaching anyone. They do not bring out the hired guns when they are winning and have the votes in the bag. Desperate moves are obvious, in my opinion. That's a great point. I, I couldn't agree with you more. The average American, and it's funny, the, the headlines is, most Americans want something done to prevent mass shootings and they insert gun control when really the average American blames uh, gun-free zones and bad response by police and a breakdown in our mental health culture as the reason for these mass, mass Fake shootings. News. So I think it's very important to, um, to point that out and show how you don't really want to solve the problem, in my opinion. You like standing on graves and using it as a hammer to further your agenda because you don't offer real solutions. 
you say, oh, we need background checks. Oh, we need red flag laws. Like, what are you talking about? We have a million gun laws on the books already. What one would have prevented that? Like, which extra law would have prevented the psychopath from going out and buying a gun and loading it and going to a specific location where he knows people are going to be defenseless? I know one. How about we make an end to the gun-free zone? That's a good idea. And then people who choose to be armed. Eric Pratt, I said, you know, said this before, and I'll say it again, but he made a great argument and said that there's never been a school shooting where teachers are allowed to be armed. And there are thousands of schools in America that have armed teachers. I would be happy with a mandate of a school resource officer or a substation there, like Jeff Deal was talking about. Um, that would be great. Uh, don't forget, you can call in or text 508-444-2120 anytime. Please include your first name, location, and your question to 508-444-2120. If we don't answer, we'll get to it later, but we would we definitely encourage you to join the show. All right. Uh, hey, Toby, I was given an unrestricted LTC in my green town. I added life fire, live fire to the application, and my reasoning was, one, have a God-given Second Amendment right, and two, my father is getting older, and um, I don't know what the rest of the rest of that was supposed to be. But anyway, um, that's good that you got given your license to carry when that was your reason. Um, so yes, it is your God-given right, and no man can take that right away. I know they think they can, and they're going to try, but that is that is the problem is they are put themselves in the in the chair of god and say that um you know it is a it is their god-given right whatever so anyway um you know it is a right given by government not by god excuse me larp is saying do you think mass will ever get rid of the no hunting on sunday law and i do not understand why we still have it i don't either um it is a really old blue law that has been on the books, and I don't think they're ever going to do away with it after they show their hostility towards hunting as a whole in Massachusetts. It's been brought up for discussion several times and never really acted on, but the way they look at hunting in Massachusetts is to restrict as many people as they can from doing it and to charge more for the license fee and to make it hard to find a hunter safety course to go to. Change my mind. That I, I just put that out. I actually called and said we would like to get our staff trained to give the hunter safety course because no one can ever get in a class. And when we actually hosted one here, there was it was the largest class the instructors had ever done. There was fifty two students. And so I would love to do that as a I won't charge for it, would do it as a courtesy to the staff residents of this community and there's a lot of people that want to hunt but massachusetts isn't interested in you going out and hunting they make it as restrictive as every other uh, firearms related activity but even if you wanted a bow hunt it's like you know you gotta jump through all the hoops and they tripled the cost of a hunting license without probably due process so um but they did yeah it's crazy all right um, so I don't see that going off uh, anytime soon. 
maybe they are waiting to issue permits for hunting on Sundays to make more money off us. Yeah. <laughs> they have billions of dollars in the surplus. The state doesn't need to make any more money off of us. They need to start giving it back because we're obviously overtaxed. And it's taxation without representation because they're a bunch of oath breakers that want to take your your enumerated rights away. So there you have that. We're hearing that if you're hearing this and you don't yet have your gun license, we have regularly scheduled LTC classes, including ladies only classes and a couple uh, couples class June 18th. So make sure you go sign up at CapeGunWorks.com. We will be right back. This is Rapid Fire. If you crave versatility in a tactical reticle, the new ARBDC-3 delivers with a host of features you need to adapt in the field. A 1 MOA center dot provides a precise point of aim, while the surrounding 16 MOA open circle helps get your eye into the center faster for rapid target acquisition in close quarters. The ARBDC-3 also adapts to a variety of light conditions. The center dot and surrounding open circle illuminate for low-light shooting, and because the reticle is glass-etched, it can also function without any illumination. When you need to go long, the upper ranging feature allows you to range silhouette targets up to 600 yards, while the bullet drop compensator, or BDC, keeps you on target up to 650 yards. Plus, you get wind holds for 5, 10, and 15 mile per hour winds. The ARBDC-3 is specifically tuned to the ballistic performance of most common 5.56 loads out of an AR-15. There are resources in the reticle manual for conversions to 308, and as with any BDC, information gathered from a chronograph and ballistics calculator can adapt these hash marks to any other caliber and its own unique ballistic curve. From point blank to way down range, adapt with the ARBDC-3. Fire your weekly show all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And our enumerated Second Amendment right is under attack, and it needs us to come to its self-defense right now. So call your senators, your legislators, you know, your rep- representatives, and tell them you demand they uphold their oath of office. They raised their right hand, they put their hand on the Bible, and swore to uphold the Constitution, and you're going to hold them to it. So. I would like to see that. Anyway, um, getting back to your questions. Uh, let's see. Uh, just looked up the thumbnail for Amy's testimony and how outrageous. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, uh, it really is. Um, I do look forward to listening to that as well. So, um, But anyway, uh, governments don't bestow rights. They only dispense privileges, which can always be denied, curtailed, or revoked. 
Yeah, and um, I was talking, we're going to play it soon, um, to one of the uh, guys running for state represent, not state rep, for state senate here in the uh, on Barnstable and running against Julian Sear. And he poignant, he, he made a great point. He, he said um, along these lights that, along these lines, that the Bill of Rights really is a one-way wall of protection against government overreach. It's really to tell government what they can and can't do, not what we're able to do because of, um, you know, the good graces of government. And it's really more of a one-way wall of protection where government can't overstep these boundaries. It's supposed to keep government in check and them in line. And they use it the opposite way nowadays to wield as a hammer to keep us in line or keep us, you know, to doing what we need to be doing according to the powers that be. So just something to think about, but it is really a uh, one-way wall of protection, if you will. So I'd love to get your input and hear what you have to say on, um, you know, all this gun control legislation being talked about. We I mentioned in the first hour that um, that yesterday on the Grace Curley show, I was getting a lot of the big butts. You know, I had one guy call. Actually, this guy wasn't a butt. He was. He actually said, "I'm a gun owner, but I mostly just hunt and shoot. You know, s- rifles and shotguns." And I was out with a bunch of people that weren't gun people the other night, and they asked me, why do you need a 30-round magazine? Why do you need an AR-15? And he goes, I didn't really have the answer for them. I I honestly didn't know what to tell them, so what should I tell them? And then another caller didn't like the answer I gave and said that I danced around it. I don't think I did. I actually think I answered it pretty comprehensively because it went something like this. And that was, um, because I can, number one. Number two, because guns are a right to keep and bear, you know, the right to keep and bear arms. They're a right to keep government in check and in line for becoming the tyrannical government. I said self-defense uses and sporting uses are a secondary benefit to the primary reason we can keep and bear arms, which is to keep government from becoming tyrannical. And I know it was very cliche for a long time to say, all those in favor of gun control, please raise your right hand, and it would show Adolf Hitler in his Heil Hitler salute. But then you would see, what do all the world dictators like... Um, Chairman Mao and Adolf Hitler and Pol Pot and, um, you know, Pinochet and all these dictators that, oh, Cuba, you got Fidel and whatnot. What do all of them have in common? Well, that is when they took the guns away, then they were able to control the population. They were able to take the rights of the people away and the basic rights. You look at what's going on in China right now. Um it's insane. They're rounding people up. It looks like some, you know, biohazard breakout 
where they show up with these forms in these white suits and arrest people and drag them out and throw them into, you know, paddy wagons or whatever and take them off to some holding ground or prison or whatever they are going to do with them and then beat oh their my. and then beat their animals to death in the street it's unbelievable and so that's what tyranny really looks like that's the natural progression of where gun control leads because you've heard the saying that power corrupts and absolute power uh, or excuse me, let me get back to the phrase. I, I just totally screwed that up. But uh, power corrupts and absolute power, or power corrupts absolutely or something like that. I don't know. You know the thing. What is it? Absolute power corrupts absolutely, right? Power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Yeah, something like that. So anyway, you know the thing. Look it up. But all I'm saying is, that if they are left unchecked, we saw what they did in the you know last two years with lockdowns and mandates and this business could shut and this business could open and this guy has to go out of business and they could stay open and big box stores are all fine, but little mom and pops, you got to go. So it's just crazy. But anyway, um, let's see. Uh, yeah, and, and uh, Mike points out it's a bill of rights, not a bill of needs. I agree 100%. And that is what I ended that call with. Uh, there's a lot of stuff in this world that people don't need. If you want to boil it down to a needs-based society, we need food, water, shelter, right? So anything else on top of food, water, shelter is a luxury. So you don't need a car. You don't need a uh, private airplane. You don't need a baseball card collection. You don't need anything on this earth other than food, water, shelter. So I, I actually don't want to even entertain why does anyone need type of comments or language? I think it's not well thought out. It is not a intellectually honest question because you all, everybody has something that they don't need but brings them pleasure in life. And I think if owning guns brings me pleasure but then has the wonderful benefit of being able to give me a tactical advantage over evil people who want to force their will against me and even worse would be harm me or kill me or take advantage of me. Yeah, that's just a good secondary benefit. But we used to ask in our LTC class, why do you want a gun? And I know they ask it on the application and some people would say 90% of people is self-defense, right? And then other people are like, oh, it's a hobby. Oh, it's a collection. I want to collect military rifles or, you know, historical peer, period firearms. Or, I don't know, um, because I can. That's a good reason. And I said, look, I don't care what your reason is. There's no wrong reason unless it's to, like, rob banks and kill people. Um, but if it's to defend your family, if it's to collect, if it's to, you know... In, shoot recreationally or competitively the, those are all legitimate reasons but the number one fundamental reason we have this right is to prevent america from becoming the next venezuela or to becoming the next uh cambodia or china um or even canada under the last 
two years. I don't want to live in that situation. Or Australia or New Zealand. But, you know, it depends what kind of a society do you want to live in. And I think it shows the brilliance of our founding fathers to recognize these rights that and declare them unalienable or inalienable and put them put them on paper pen to paper so that would be great oh we got some trolls coming on so let's see if we can nuke that off topic question besides guns ammo and the range is there a most popular thing or things for people to go to the gun shop for um let's see is there more what is the most popular thing for people i would say um besides guns ammo and the range that's a good question because I don't really know what we do here for, I mean, po- people come in and use the archery lane. People uh, will come. Oh, okay. Yeah. For product, it would be, you know, t-shirts, blackout coffee uh, to get a free cup of coffee to what's up? MREs. MREs yeah. We have MREs, uh, knives. We sell knives. Um, we also sell gear and accessories and holsters and stuff like that. Sometimes people just want to meet Professor Claw. They want his autograph and a photo with him, photo op. So that happens a lot. You'd, you'd be surprised. So if you travel or want to get your license to carry in multiple states, check out our Utah 36 state concealed carry class. You get everything you need to apply for the Utah license at the end of the class. Go to capegunworks.com and click on the class link to book the class today. We have Keith Langer next. So don't go away. This is Rapid Fire. Voltec VT-10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect, no matter what you trust it with. We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, key entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong, and Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months, so it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltecSafe. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today.
Welcome back to Rapid Fire. This is Toby Leary, your weekly talk radio about all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And as often, we have guests on the on the phone with us today, Keith Langer, who is an attorney here in Massachusetts. How are you today, Keith? I'm just fine on this gorgeous day. How are things down there on the Great Sand Dune? It's wonderful. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood since the rain dried up, but... Um, so, you know, one of the things I want to talk to you about is, I mean, it's, I feel like we're getting assaulted on all sides from the gun control groups and as well as politicians. And now they're taking a a page out of the old playbook of celebrities, like the celebrities are going to push us over the edge and finally go, oh, okay, I get it now because these guys who I see in movies so Matthew McConaughey spoke at the White House and uh, was, you know, shaking his finger and banging the podium and, you know, really trying to drive the point home that we need gun control. And one of the things that is being talked about a lot and seems like might have the most support from Republicans is red flag laws. And, uh, you know, the one thing that they failed to mention is the fact that the shooter in Buffalo um there's red flag laws in Buff in New York, and obviously it failed, right? Is that about uh, to be expected, or is that just something that's an anomaly? How, what, what's your take on the red flag laws? Well, the red flag laws vary depending on who is proposing them. We have in Massachusetts where they are functionally worthless because your LTC exists at the whim of the chief anyway. Mm. So all had somebody has to do would be to go tell the chief, gee, I think there's an issue here. The chief can investigate it and pull the LTC. So other than broadening the nominal group of people who could apply for one from beyond the family to include certain other people, uh, the red flag law in Massachusetts was, of course, political posturing. It had no substantive change in how things are done here. Mm. The big problem with all of them is that they lack due process. Mm. They're all um, one-party actions. You don't get a hearing until after they come to your house, after they beat on the door, after they go through it and search the house and confiscate your property. Then you've got to spend time and money to trying to recover your property when it turns out that there was no valid basis for the order, or you were even just swatted by somebody who was upset at you. And we've seen incidents of people being swatted. Right, right. So the, the whole issue is, how do you get a fair hearing? And how do you get your guns back after the cops have taken them? Because the usual procedure is to stall, delay, deny, make you go to court and you can't even count on the courts to simply apply the express language of the statute and return your guns to you, even when the district attorney's office has no objection, which I've seen firsthand. Hmm. So there's all, I mean, not only is it a, a second amendment issue, but it's also in some ways a fourth amendment issue, correct? I mean, it's not, it might even be more than that if I haven't really thought it all the way through, but at the- Well, it can also be a first amendment issue depending on what uh, thoughts or expressions they're going after you for expressing. 
But this probably has the best chance of going through because you know it's all about reasonable gun control, no matter how unreasonable it is. And it sounds reasonable. And note that Trump himself, the great conservative icon, said, take the guns, take the guns first. So he doesn't care about due process or the Second Amendment. Right. So break, break it down for us. So basically, the red flag law is if somebody you know, has a reasonable suspicion or a suspicion, whether it's reasonable in my eyes or not, that somebody is a threat to themselves or others, then on that word of somebody, say someone like Amber Heard who wants to get after a, you know, a, a strange husband or something like that, then the police can then just go in and seize the guns as far as I, I can see it, right? Um, well, again, it depends on what the exact process is, but basically somebody makes a complaint that a third party is in some way, shape, manner, or form unstable, and the authorities, with whatever level of research and background check and verification, if any, they actually apply, then proceed and if it's anything like a clerk magistrate's hearing, which is a nominal 51% chance of probability, but in the case of a red flag complaint, more like a 25% chance of probability, goes forward and uh, seizes the person's license and property. Mm. And then it's up to the party to recover it, essentially by proving a negative, that they're not a threat to themselves or others, when somebody has claimed that they are. Theoretically, the person making the claim should be obligated to prove it, but that's not how these cases work, not in Massachusetts. Uh, the presumption is that you are unsuitable, and it's up to you to prove the negative, i.e. that you're not unsuitable. Hmm. It sounds like a very scary you know, territory to wade into because, I mean, ultimately it, it centralizes power in the hands of government if they can say, oh, somebody called and said you're a threat to somebody, and all of a sudden they can seize property and, and you know, maybe even enter your house. Do they have to have a, obviously they don't have to have a search warrant, right? So it's different from a search warrant, or do they just come to the doorstep and demand you turn over your guns? And if you don't... Well, if, you're, if your license is just revoked or suspended, they have no right to enter the house unless you're foolish enough to let them. That requires a warrant. Mm -hmm. But red flag laws, they usually are premised on exigent circumstances. You're such a menace to society that you have to be dealt with immediately in a one-party hearing to which you have no notice, still less opportunity to be heard. Right. And because it's exigent circumstances, because you're such an imminent threat, the laws will usually allow them entry to seize the firearms before anything happens. And of course, with any such incursion, the the basis is always public safety, common good, greater good, save the children. I was watching McConaughey's theatrics, and first, the absolute absurdity of the White House giving an actor a stage on the White House press room was bizarre enough in itself. Right. But... Uh, after the Civil War, 
there was a group called the Bloody Shirt Republicans. Every time something came up that would end Reconstruction, they would talk about the carnage on the battlefield and all the brave Union boys, and quote-unquote, waving the bloody shirt. In McConaughey's case, he was waving the green Converse sneakers. Mm. But it's the same thing. And we saw this in 2016 when our attorney general went down to Florida, because, you know, that's within his jurisdiction, and postured on the corpses of the people killed in the Pulse nightclub massacre and used that to issue her edict in the form of a letter to the Globe, reversing over two decades of statute and case law regarding what is or is not an assault weapon. Mm. This is the same grandstanding, the same use of a tragedy as an opportunity, as Rahm Emanuel exhorted uh, his cohorts to do when he was in the Obama administration. This is the same tactic. Right. Everybody's upset. Everybody's justifiably upset. Everybody wants to do something. And in the rush to do something, there is a tendency to do anything. It may be useless. It may be counterproductive. But everybody wants to do something. Everybody wants to be seen doing something. Everybody wants to be seen as proactive. And that's when you get some abominable legislation. Yeah. It's interesting that this is the most frustrating thing for me is to be that like emotional about it where you can't critically think about what you're about to do. Like, all right, we have an enumerated right. And Jared Yanis said it very good from Guns and Gadgets. And he said, replace the word gun with house. And if somebody could come and seize your house without due process on the word of somebody else, no one would go for that, right? I mean, just the fact that... Oh, they'd that, be upset. Yeah, they'd be upset. They'd be, what is going on? This, what country did I wake up in? Well, because we, it is, we heard a rumor that you were cooking meth in your basement. Right. We heard a rumor that you were filming kitty porn videos in your house. We heard a rumor that you were making explosives in your attic. So because one person told us that, we're going to knock down your door, search your house, and confiscate the property until you prove otherwise. Right. And that's really what it comes down to. And nobody would stand for that. But the way they shroud it in this do-good, you know, uh, type of endeavor, they make it sound like it's, oh, we're actually doing something to move the needle. But in reality, as all gun control... It doesn't work if you look at the most gun-controlled areas. And I think Buffalo should be the prime example of the failure of red flag laws to actually keep anybody safe. It certainly did not seem to do the job there. Right. Again, uh, we had the situation where the Air Force failed to report a uh, domestic violence case to the federal government as it was obligated to. And because they failed to do it, the killer was able to get a gun lawfully because he wasn't on the list because the federal government, read the Air Force, didn't send its records to the FBI. 
And the Air Force was successfully sued for that failure and had to pay damages to the victims mm. because of its negligence, its failure. There is no foolproof system. Right. And that's exactly what it comes down to. Uh, I think, you know, Benjamin Franklin, who said those who would, you know, exchange Sacrifice freedom. essential liberty in order to obtain a little temporary safety will have neither right. liberty nor safety. Well, deserve neither. Neither, I yeah. would ask, do they deserve it? Right, yeah. Uh, and so, you know, exactly. That's my point is sometimes freedom is less safe than, uh, you know, living in a padded cell, right? Like we could say, hey, no sharp, pointy objects because you might cut yourself. You could get hurt. You could use it as a weapon against somebody else. So everyone's going to this is the logical conclusion to this type of legislation is that at some point we all have to go live in a padded room with no sharp you know, pointy objects of any kind. And what does that look well, like? That looks like a, a crazy house, a nut house, you know? Well, God knows you can't find, you can't find any weapons, drugs, or contraband in a prison. They're safe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I don't think we want just government and police and military to be the only people who have arms because we've seen how trustworthy government agencies are with that kind of uh, power. But anyway, Keith, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, it's always good to talk to you, and uh, we'll see you again next week, my friend. And uh, how do people get a hold of you? Best way is to just go online, put in Keith Langer, and go to my website. Uh, that has a contact page. You can email me directly at Keith, K E I T H, at KGLangerLaw.com, or just call the office, 508. 508- 384-8692 again 508-384-8692 you'll get me all right awesome we'll see you next time and for you out there that want to take a private lesson you can get one-on-one instruction tailored to you we have lessons for pistol rifle and shotgun or test out different guns book one now at capegunworks.com slash privates and don't forget archery lessons we will be right back this is rapid fire If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex.
Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show, all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And I'm going to get right back to your questions. We're going to hit it hard here in this segment to get your questions answered. Um, thank you, Keith, for joining us, and uh, I always appreciate your input. A lot of talk about these red flag laws, and as I like to point out, and I don't know if I did a good job of it or not, but... Uh, there's many states that have red flag laws, and even G-Webs chimes in on the chat here that there's 13 states that have them, and, and New York was one of them. And the irony of the Buffalo shooter to me is the fact that the teacher did the right thing. And actually, you know, it's one of those things, you, know, you see something, say something. Well, she saw something big, and the guy came into school and said he wanted to kill people and kill himself. And then, you know, I guess somebody looked at him and, uh, you know, must have examined him briefly and then <laughs> said, oh, yeah, he's good to go. So there was never a connection made between the threats that he made that he wanted to kill people and kill himself and the National Instant Check System. So, you know, it'd be really interesting if all this energy on Capitol Hill right now was put towards fixing broken broken systems rather than changing uh, fundamental rights and civil rights. And if they said, hey, like, and what's I ironic too is they never take any of the blame for the complex system that they put in place that is usually poorly managed or administered or funded or um, run because like Ronald Reagan said, the most dangerous words you could hear are in the English language are I'm from the government and I'm here to help. So we put people who really have no business in being in charge of, you know, what it is, you know, the, the administration of our rights. And so we enact a law like the red flag law. The teacher acts on it. Maybe it wasn't an ERPO or, you know, something like that. But the New York Safe Act at least gave her enough power to make the phone call, which she did, and get him some help, which they tried to do, I guess. But it failed. So power in the government's hands fails continually. And when we just give them more power... And it's going to continue to fail. It's always, the blame always gets laid at the feet of the people who aren't responsible. Instead of a mirror being put up at the people who are responsible uh, of the breakdown and the failures along the way. Uh, you look at Parkland and you look at Evalde, Texas, and you see two police departments that failed to act. Failed to, and I guess because the some judge said that they have no duty to act. They have a moral obligation to act, but they don't have a civic duty to go in and face the guy with the gun. Which brings up another point. If you think about it, they keep saying, oh, that's ridiculous that you need to own AR-15s to fight against the government. Joe Biden has said on more than one occasion, you would need nuclear weapons or F-15s to fight against the government. That is a shrouded, veiled threat that they would be willing to use F-15s 
and nuclear weapons against its own citizens, which is the exact reason why you need arms in the first place, because the fact that government will do stupid stuff like that against its own citizens. Just look at the killing fields of Cambodia. But anyway, um, what I'm trying to say is those that make these laws are ultimately more responsible than the responsible gun owner for these threats and these horrible mass shootings that take place. It's, I say we redirect this anger and this vitriol and put it right back where it started. All right, more on that after the break. But we, don't forget, our Action Pistol League is back. I'm a man of my word. I told you it'd be coming back. So join us on Mondays for this friendly competition that's open to all skill levels. There'll be a prize each night, a grand prize at the end of the summer. So go to capegunworks.com. Click on the class calendar to sign up each Monday. And I promise I will get to your questions after this. We'll be right back. Made in America since 1949. Family owned and operated. Legendary performance. This is Hornady. Federal delivers a knockout punch with the leading defensive ammo on the market. Federal punch hollow points are accurate and reliable in all defensive situations. When you need reliability designed to provide a balanced mix of effective penetration and expansion, you need punch defensive ammunition from Federal, the leader in nickel-plated brass ammo with a sealed primer to deliver reliable feeding and ignition. Get Federal Punch defensive hollow point ammunition here at Cape Gunmark. Snap Safe, featuring a pry resistant 316th inch solid steel door, 2300 degree Fahrenheit one hour fire shield protection, and a lifetime warranty. Snap Safe, a modular safe with welded safe security. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281 603 0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Welcome back, everyone, to Rapid Fire, your weekly show, all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense, and your questions. So I promised we would get to them, uh, and here we go. Mike says, this is really frightening. Based on exigency alone, law enforcement may enter private property without a warrant? Question mark. And G-Web says, more like, attention, your social media posts indicate you might be dot, dot, dot. Right. So in other words, under both those circumstances, we all know this is where this is headed, right? So by the word of somebody else, your property and your home can be violated. Your uh, property can be seized without due process. And that's kind of what it's like in in socialist China, where they have this social credit score, like, how many good deeds did you do? Did you say anything bad online? Did you uh, participate in this situation? And they rank you on a social credit score, and that helps you 
buy certain things or have certain liberties afforded you. And that's really what where the end result of all this is. If they can package it all up and your online footprint is now monitored by law enforcement agencies and whatnot, and there might be a time when that makes sense, like as a friend or a loved one is concerned, but for a government agency to be trolling our you know, conversations online and saying, oh, we got to pay you a visit. You just said you don't like the current administration or, you know, you think that we shouldn't pack the court. And all of a sudden, you know, there's a knock on the door and it feels like the Matrix at some point, right? Or (laughs) what's that uh, other one, uh, Minority Report, right? Government is doing all of our moral thinking for us. So... (laughs) um yeah anyway and uh we got a texter says a great job as usual is the hellcat mass compliant yet no it is not um well actually i shouldn't say that the hellcat is yes but the hellcat pro is not so the the hellcat pro which is like the glock 19 size hellcat which i actually want to get my hands on i haven't got to see it yet um but everybody who likes who has felt it handled it shot it has really liked it um and a lot of people were kind of poo-pooing it because everything comes full circle the guns get big then they get small then they get big then they get small it's just the way it is i mean like it's funny like the hellcat was this like life-changing everyday carry gun and now it's back up to the glock 19 size but it is a great gun uh, from everything I've read. So I would like to see the pro made mass compliant. Actually, you know what? I would like to see the whole mass compliant roster go away. How about that? Like, that's a good idea. And that's really the nature of gun control is if you look at the Freedom of Information Act that Gun Owners Action League requested and paid like $70,000 in preparation to the challenge to the attorney general's roster and uh, the mass approved weapons roster. They had all this data and they literally had some of the handwritten notes from Scott Harshbarger to the um, legislature and et cetera, et cetera. And this was all shrouded and veiled to the public as you know, Consumer Protection Act. We want to keep you safe. Going back to the what I said earlier about gun safety. But if you read the memos, read the emails, read the, the back and forth between those involved, it was, this will make it harder to buy guns. And that's really what they were after. It was to, Fake in, news. It was to inconvenience those who were already a had jumped through all the hoops to buy a gun in Massachusetts. They had their license to carry. Now they, they could further restrict your Second Amendment rights by making it harder to buy the gun you actually want to buy. And, you know, they struck a deal with the devil, if you ask me, um, and basically made every gun except for one company's gun illegal to buy in Massachusetts. And... Then everybody who wanted to sell a gun in Massachusetts had to jump through hoops and pay money to get their guns tested, all under the auspices of this is going to keep our community safer because people won't be harmed in the proper use of a constitutionally protected product. And they, you know, they got it through. 
But really, the intent was to hinder your ability to buy the gun that you want. That's what all gun control comes down to. They, they all, they all, um, they, that's all they want to do is hinder your ability. And if they can do that, they can throttle the amount of guns. Uh, yeah, uh, they can, you know, hinder the, your ability to get the gun you want. So anyway, getting back to your questions. Uh, my name is Tom from Boston. Question, I went in for fingerprints at the PD uh, headquarters about a year ago, and I'm wondering if you get notified if you are denied. Also, is there a list for mass-compliant long guns? Thank you for doing what you're doing. Um, there is not a list per se for mass-compliant long guns. Well, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that. There is a list, um, but it's not comprehensive by any stretch of the imagination. There's really a shorter list of guns that you can't buy from a licensed gun shop. If they were owned prior to 7-20-2016, you can do a private transfer. And those are six guns, so it makes it a little easier. Um, it's like a, you know, an Uzi, an FNFAL, an FNFSC, an AR-15, an AK-47, a Tech-9, uh, a, a Galil, and that's seven. So that might be it. But if I'm... Wrong, go ahead and jump in. Then there's some pistols like the Tech 9 and et cetera and stuff like that. But absolutely, you're going to be notified if you get denied. They have to notify you if you're denied. I would, if you actually submitted your application, not just got your fingerprints done, then rattle their cage, say, what the heck's going on? Um, but, you know, you they are supposed to respond within 40 days. And if you haven't heard from them within those 40 days, like Keith Langer set, likes to say, you've effectively been given a denial. Um, go in and ask for it in writing, and then you can challenge it. Uh, all right. Um, in Mexico, the criminal gangs take over some unarmed towns. There are many reasons for rifles. Yeah, you're right. It's not just for fear of government takeover. It's also criminal gangs. And they have shown that in New York City, right? I just read an article today about Mayor Adams whose sinking poll numbers have caused him to try to get out in front of why his his poll numbers stink so bad. Um, but he he basically is saying that the failed, you know, soft-on-crime approach is the reason for violent crime in New York City. And he said it's a joke. And this is one of the few things I actually uh, agree with mayor adams about he's no friend of freedom in the second amendment but he he definitely um went out on a limb and said you know what this soft on crime approach we are a mock um you know we're you know we're being mocked by the entire nation and he's 100 percent right there's nobody that looks at new york city and goes wow they got it right they're doing a great job in that city most people are like i'm not going there I can't carry a gun to protect myself and there's thugs on the streets in broad daylight arm, you know, robbing people at gunpoint and causing mayhem and there's shootings going on and everything else in broad daylight. So crazy, crazy, crazy. So anyway, guys, uh, this is the end of the second hour. I could go on and on today, uh, but, you know, maybe we'll talk a little bit on the other side. But thank you for tuning in. And remember, the show ends here, but you can always tune in at capegunworks.com. 
click on rapid fire to tune in to past episodes make sure you keep texting in to 508-444-2120 call leave a voicemail message and we will get to it in the following week keep up the good fight support your local community and your local gun advocates make sure you uh, be a responsible gun ownership uh, you know put on the face of responsible gun ownership in your community take someone new to the range and together as americans we can overcome anything hold the line that's what i say i'm with uh i'm toby leary and god bless we'll see you next time